We can forget being busy with life so much that it feels not important to think about alternative spaces where you can just mm. breathe and just relax and just play. So beautiful. What do you think about that? I think that's so beautiful. And thank you for seeing me, you know, in that, because I do think so. I even like sometimes when I revisit old work, I'm so shocked that it came out of me because I'm like, that is not me. Or like, I did not make that. Or, you know, where is that from? Like, where does that come from? So even I forget, you know, and even my work does the same thing for me sometimes too. Welcome to Juice List, the podcast. In this series, we're delving into the dynamic world of art and culture with a focus on the Investor Cape Town Art Fair. Now in its 11th edition, this annual event held at the Cape Town International Convention Center features over 100 galleries and showcases the incredible works of more than 500 artists across four continents. Join us as we explore the curated series highlighting the diverse and innovative expressions of creativity that makes this fair a standout on the global art calendar. This is Jude, and I'm excited to take you on an exclusive journey through the Investec Art Fair Curated Series. In this episode, I speak with Natalie Panning, an innovative new media artist whose work embodies a unique blend of awkwardness and complexity with a unique quirkiness in her expression. Leveraging her self-acquired digital expertise, and her background in theatre, Natalie now excels in creating multifaceted digital art. She identifies as a world builder, viewing her expanding practice as a means to explore, communicate and document both imagined and alternate realities, which she vividly brings to life through her artistic flair and digital prowess. Welcome, glad to have you. Can you tell us Where you're speaking from, tell us a bit about yourself and then what you do. Hello, my name is Natalie Paneng and I am currently speaking from my studio in Bramley in Johannesburg. And what I do is I am a multidisciplinary artist working mainly with the digital and finding ways to house digital works through installation work. So my work crosses over between extremely digital and extremely tangible and physical. Yeah. How did you get started in this space? So I studied theater and that is, I guess, like my starting point to being an artist. Um, And so I studied theater, I studied sets and costume design And just during that time, I was really interested in extending it. I was interested in what theater meant and the structure of theater, but not necessarily the execution of it. And this kind of inspired my search into other artistic mediums. And so, yeah, from this, I started researching about like painting and, you know, like artists from the past. And using that in a way to kind of find my place in being an artist. And then I started a YouTube channel and I just kind of transformed like what I was learning in theater to recording myself and practicing it and publishing it online. And I guess just like through constant iteration, I found my practice just through doing. So yeah, 
started in theater, but my fine art um, journey has just been kind of self-discovery and play and exploration. Okay. So it sounds like your work is really tailored towards performance, sort of you're creating a way for you to share yourself in the world with that, in that sense. What inspires you to create? I think a lot of my work, like you said, it is quite performative and based in performance. And I think what inspires me is just creating alternative narratives. So it is deeply based in storytelling, but also exploration. And it kind of started with like a deep search for myself and like self-introspection, self-exploration and presentation. It was like a discovery of like, who am I? What do I want to be? Or kind of using the camera to search deeper into the many selves that are housed inside my body. And so, yeah, I think what my work is trying to do now is share multiple characters and kind of like output as many characters and as many worlds as possible through the body and like using the mind to create worlds. Um, I hope I answered that question, but yeah, it's a lot about self-discovery and then through self-discovery, yeah. self-creation and like radical vulnerability and sharing. Yeah, a whole process. Yeah. I want to hear the backstory as to why all that is important for you. Why is it important for you to do this work? Why is it important for you to express yourself in this way? Mm. And how does it even feel? as an artist, to do what you do? Yeah. I think it's important to me because, I mean, I don't want to talk about representation. I think representation is very important. And I think that it is a really big part of what my work does, but in a different way, I guess. And that's also like still a journey. So I think like one, the work is just like this journey that is not like narrated by any specific output it's more like a deeply like personal and introspective like process and I'm very led by this process so I'm I'm discovering a lot about myself and about what this practice is becoming and where that comes from like I said it's just through like play and self-introspection I think I was trying to find myself in the beginning through my degree just realizing that what I wanted to do was not fitting and just finding in many places in my life this clear like determination, but the space to output didn't necessarily fit. And then I kind of forced myself and like found my art practice forcing me to create that space. So that's where this alternative space came from. So okay. feeling like the world was a beautiful place to exist, but not necessarily my place, forced me to create little worlds okay. that I could be in. And once I started creating these little worlds, I realized, oh, like this is for me. And so I started to in like insert myself into these worlds and it started quite literally. So I'd like make little models and shoot them. And there would be like these spaces that I just thought about. And then I'd like shoot myself and superimpose myself into these spaces. 
And then I started realizing like that clearly is a link between me finding a home within my world and trying to make those homes tangible in the real world is in a way uh, like it can be linked to not feeling completely at home in the world that we live in already. And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that's kind of like the deepest way to speak about it. And then I realized that I am like an alternative weirdo girl. And there are so many versions of her that exist in me. And so I just wanted to see how many could come out. So first started with one alter ego who I thought was my always alter ego. And then I grew a little bit and I was very detached from her. And then I started playing with many more characters and many more characters. And each of these characters needed to be housed. Each of these characters had like a story to tell. And like now it's very much in that path where each of the personalities that come out have a much deeper story than my first characters were very playful and very light. But throughout all of them, there's like a deep sense of play, a deep sense of wonder. And I think it's also just like my own wanting to hold on to like my inner child and just wanting to keep imagination in my current reality. Um, yeah, so it's like a whole whirlwind of like hope, play, imagination, representation, creation, um, and grounding all in one like practice, um, which is why it has to be kind of non-tangible and tangible through like it being digital and then it being physical. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself throughout this process of creating like worlds for yourself to exist in, for you to play in? Um, I've learned so much, but I think some of the most important things I've learned about myself is that there's a true fire, I guess, to create these things. Like in the beginning, I thought I was just doing it like very casually, very fun and all that. But now I'm realizing there's like a true purpose behind it. And there's a true purpose linked to like who I am, what my work intends to do and share in this world. Just through doing that, I've met so many people who've resonated and who felt safe in seeing these characters or being in certain installations and feeling at home in them. And so I think, yeah, like something it's taught me is that I'm on the path of finding my purpose through the work, which before I thought I was just playing or carving space for myself to communicate to my inner self. And then I had all of these things, like I had all these videos or things to show after this communication with myself. And I started sharing that and people like, that's art. And I was like, oh, okay, I can make so much more, you know? And I kept making more. And now I'm just realizing that like, I'm learning about my own purpose and I'm learning about the world and I'm making space for myself and other people to create worlds for themselves and to share themselves quite vulnerably and to discover themselves through iteration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Natalie, let's talk about how an idea takes shape, right? Mm. Especially with what you do. How did it start off as an idea and how has it evolved over time with just you consciously pouring yourself into what you do? Give us like a breakdown almost of 
what that process has looked like? So the process in the beginning is very, I mean, it's always very abstract. Like sometimes I just know exactly what I have to do. So I wake up and I just, or like, I mean, it depends. So project to project or, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, I have an exhibition on this day and I need to create something. And maybe the exhibition has like a certain thread. And so recently I did a show called Soil Conversations in conversation with many female artists and the prompt was soil, you know? And so in the beginning I was just like, cool, the prompt is soil. And then like I sit with that for about like a few days, just wondering what's going to come up. Cause I usually don't know what's going to come up and I don't plan who will come up, but I try plan the environment first I knew that I wanted to go beneath the soil and kind of like discover what's underneath and bring like soil up and like bring some sort of tangibility to soil or what's inside soil. So I was thinking a little bit about like minerals. I was thinking about just what you find, crystals, minerals, oil, like just things that you can find in the soil. And then I just have those things in mind, but then I have to usually shoot before I can actually build an installation. And so now I have the idea of where this character or what realm this character lives in. And so that starts to help me bring myself into embodying what that space would be, like who embodies that space that is very like fluid still. It's still very not clear, but it's like, I have an idea of like the space and the realm that that space is. And so I need to think about what kind of body sits in that space. And then that's just usually arriving at studio. Um, Costume wise, I usually have like some sort of costume that I've created for that character. And that's just on intuition of like what feels right. Um, And then I get to studio on the day and I just do my makeup, which is also like very essential because like the makeup is always different and it's always a marker of the character. And it's also helped me kind of go back to characters if there's an extension of that story. So I sit and I do the makeup. And once I'm done with the makeup, I basically meet the character for the first time. And then once I meet her, I get my camera set up ready and I start to shoot and I just like exist in front of the camera and I just allow whatever needs to come out to come out, whatever physical movements, whatever words, just whatever feels right and grounded in the body to come up. Um, And I shoot that and I let that sit for a few days and then I start to edit and work on the video work. And through working on the video, it also has like a deep sense of like making the space tangible through the video. And so once I'm done with the video, I can kind of see the space now that needs to house the video. And then, yeah, then I just know what materials I need to collect and what kind of structural support I need. And then I become like Natalie the Boulder, who's the maker of the thing. So it's like a very like practical but intuitive process that's constantly like feeding into itself. Um, it's like it's very back and forth, but it's not like it's not something I can push um, too much practicality onto. I have to be really like gentle with myself so that, you know, like 
the character can come and feel safe, basically feel safe to come out. And then I yeah. end up housing her through installation and through the video work. Okay. What comes first is you usually building out the space, developing the character and then making the character come to life. Yeah, basically. Are you asking which thing comes first directly? Yes, yes. It's quite interchangeable. Sometimes the character comes first and sometimes the space comes first. Um, it really depends on also timelines, you know, like I know that sometimes I need to have the physical understanding of the space first. And so I really push myself to understand that. And then I develop from there. Or sometimes I know what the character is and I develop that and then move into space. So they are quite interchangeable depending on the subject, depending on the story, and depending on the physical space where the work and the character will exist in the end. Okay. Let's also talk about the challenging aspect of what you do. I know it's not easy as an artist to do this all by yourself. What are like the downsides of doing what you do? And I don't think there's many, but I think the downside is just exhaustion. Like I do a lot, you know, like it's a lot of work kind of for one person to perform and create the world and also do like the internalization of that. And then also like explain it in like <laughs> articulate ways to others. It's such a rounded process and it, it all kind of at this point of my practice has to come from me and it has to come mostly from my physical doing. So it can be like quite emotionally taxing mentally because it's a lot of time like on screen and then from all of that taxing work, I have to physically make things. Um, physically make the world. So I think, I mean, it's not a downside, but I've just realized that I just need a lot of strength when engaging with my practice. It just, it requires a lot from me um, because it's centered around me and not just these characters that are like extremely far from me. Like I can't, I can't imagine a character and just put it on someone and shoot them and make them do the work. And then tell someone what I want the thing to look like. It's a lot of me having to execute all of those elements and bring other people into the vision, which sometimes isn't clear to me. So sometimes like, I have to explain to someone that it will come, it will be this. And I have to wait for myself yeah. to like do that, you know? I think that's, I wouldn't say a downside, but that is like, the heaviest part of my practice, the way it runs, that just trying to get people into that world with you while you're still creating it and trying to communicate that to yourself can be quite taxing. And then also having to execute on so many levels can be quite exhausting. But in the end, yeah, yeah it is what it is. If to be a world builder is a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's obviously the vision lies with you, the artist, with you, the creator. Mm. And especially for people who don't see what you see, how do you break it down on a, on a minute level where they're able to understand what you're trying to create and where they're also able to also contribute to the process of what you do? Yeah, I have a really 
good way of documenting, I guess, because I have struggled with kind of making curators feel confident just through talking. So I have really elaborate documents that I send them about my vision or why I present through a lot of like documentation and visualization, um, rough ideas. I do a lot of sketching. I do a lot of like mind maps and elemental like visualization in document form so that they can get like a rough sense of it. And I also have a lot of examples of my past work and kind of use that as a springboard to explaining how things come to life and what the process is. And I also kind of do it interim, like at interim. So I kind of like tell them the idea and I tell them like in three weeks, like let's connect again. And I can show you the first element, which sometimes is the video or the costume and just like keep them really close to the process so they can kind of get a sense and see that it's a growing process. Um, and here it is kind of growing. So yeah, that's kind of how I articulate, but also a lot of people just let me do what I need to do, which I'm also grateful for. And I kind of try to communicate that I just need some time to do what I need to do. And then in the end, it always works out, which I'm always grateful for also. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie, let's talk about some of your past projects. If you can highlight some of your favorites that you've worked on. Mm. And then like what also goes into creating some of those projects? Yeah, I think, well, a lot of my projects are installation-based. So I'd have to do a lot of describing how the character or like how the installation works but yeah, one of my yeah. favorites I guess it's yeah it can be hard but one of my favorites artworks that is quite easy to explain is this project that I've done a few iterations of called Ophelia Does Backstroke. This is two-part installation project where I reimagine John Millet's Ophelia as a a different version of the image, the painting. And basically it's a digital textile. So it's a digitally made textile piece. And it is a black Ophelia in a swimming pool um, in like a very beautiful elaborate garden with like black fairies and a unicorn and a version of Ophelia kind of like very alive in a swimming pool doing backstroke. And another version of an Ophelia standing with a pink unicorn and little fairies like all around the pool. With this installation, there's also a projection of the pool um, kind of parallel to the fabric print and the installation. And you can actually see like a very alive Ophelia swimming in the water. And so that's like projected on the floor usually. And I think this like work is really cute and special because it's it does the work of like reimagining old stories and kind of inserting myself okay. in them. And beyond like just inserting myself, just creating like connection between the black female body and like fantasy and like the mystical and 
yeah, just kind of creating like cute stories and just imagining us in them and also bringing life into them. Because I mean, the whole story with Ophelia is that like she was drowning and it was sad and there was beauty in her death, I guess. But it's also like just this like changing of the narrative completely, bringing it into a newer context, it being a swimming pool, it being a black woman in the swimming pool and she's doing backstroke and each stroke she makes just like builds a magical world around her. Um, so yeah, like that kind of stuff, like that, that installation speaks to a lot of my work and a lot of my work kind of functions, a lot of my installation work functions on many of those principles, um, both in story, but also physically, the way it physically comes together in construction. Yeah. And how did you feel after you created that body of work? And what was the reception also from people who got to experience it as well? I feel cool. I feel good. Um, I think I it's it's tricky to know how to feel because once it's done, I still feel like it's a process. I still feel like it's ongoing. But this specific work has had like three iterations and yeah, each one was really cool. The first time I did it, there were a lot of like, it was at a light festival. So it had like a lot more mystical wonder. It was like more of a garden that I created it in. And so it had like physical plants and elements and a lot of kids got to experience the first iteration, which was really special. I really, really love seeing kids um, experience my work because even though it's not made for them, they connect the most to it actually. And they connect so intensely and so like, it's just so clear that they get it and that they feel something and their parents have to almost stop them from like going into it. <laughs> so I've also had to like learn how to baby proof my work yes. because sometimes I can see that people don't, they cannot blur the lines between like it being an artwork and it just being a space that they want to just be in. That's also helped my practice. Clear, you know? yes. Yeah, it's helped me like really make the things solid because I know that like people will, like I will, you know, I just did my last installation now and I was like, this one, like <laughs> it, it's pretty clear, like nobody will go into it. And I remember walking past and there was a baby like in the center of it. And I'm just like, it will always pull the children into it. And even adults, they're always like, I don't want to leave. They just want to understand where it comes from and, how like how it's created and I've had like a grown man just be like I don't want to go back into the real world like after <laughs> being in the installation and it's also <laughs> just like the sounds it's like very the sounds of the specific installation which is like birds and wind chimes and water so it's also like very soothing so I don't know like I think people are very receptive because it does feel like a space of wonder coming to life which is what I always want to do with my work. Yeah, people struggle to leave a lot. I also recently had like my first solo exhibition and I did three installations and the final, so it was like a journey of installations and I just had like people just being like, I feel so calm here. I like, I, 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 I feel hypnotized by the space. 
So yeah, there's like a very, like the work calls people in and that's always really cool. And it makes a lot of sense because for me, while I'm making it, I'm like putting so much of myself into it and building. Like, I think the world building is a really beautiful word, but I feel like sometimes I try to explain how, how much of a physical, emotional process of building that is. Yeah. It's always good to see people experience it and making it is also that like very deep thing of like birthing something and then having people come into yeah. the space that you birthed and a story that you're like very like vulnerably sharing with them. And the reception is that they actually, they get that level of deepness, which that's what, that's always my biggest takeaway. And what I appreciate is that it's all worth it when people receive it so beautifully yeah yeah why do you think people have that sense of play or sense of escape when they interact with what you build why is that they almost become childlike in a sense Mm. How, how are you able to create that is what i'm asking I mean, I think that one to like the first part of your question is because I think we all have that in us. Like, even if we're not actively still doing that in our brains, we all have like imagination or we all had like a very deep sense of imagination at some point in our lives. So I feel like it's like visiting memory for a lot of people um, when they come into the space and when they come into the installations. So it it reminds them of their own wonder, number one. So I might be the character in the space, but I feel like people see themselves in that kind of sense of imagination and they see that 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 brick wall being broken down where it feels like reality and imagination don't have to come together when it's like physically in the space. And then... I use that exact same thing to build, I guess. Like I try to see what I can, how I can defy kind of like the laws of reality in the space in order to create that sense of imagination and traveling. So yeah, it's just tapping in. I think it's like people react so viscerally because they are tapping in and I am creating from that super tapped in place within myself. I'm just like getting lost in my own imagination. Obviously, I haven't seen some of your installations, but I'm just in a place of wonder, like thinking about what it will be like to feel and be in such a space. Mm. Yeah. And, and on that note, Natalie, let's also talk about the upcoming Investor Cape Town Art Fair happening in February 2024. So you're part of the Tomorrow's Today section. What should we expect to see for your presentation for the fair? Well, without giving too much away, I think people should just expect to (laughs) walk into a world. Give us a little, give us a little to dream. A little to dream. I'm right now I'm thinking like super sparkly, like a lot of things that shine and sparkle and reflect, both because I want people to see themselves in the work, but also just to like, you know, like catch, catch lights, catch energy. I feel like 
reflective surfaces and beautiful shiny things always call people in and always like feel like otherworldly realms. So yeah, I'm thinking of just building a very magical, shiny world that people can actually walk into. Um, that kind of feels like, again, like very wonderlandy and otherworldly as all of my installations do, and just trying to find a way to really bring that into a fair context because usually fairs can be quite clean and work presented in a very specific way. Um, so, yeah, I want to build a world, a really immersive world within the fair context. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Also talking about the fair as well, how did you get connected to participate in this section. What are your thoughts on being a participant or being an artist as part of the fair? Well, I hope it's because they liked my work. <laughs> I think um, how it happened is we st I, I, did, I was part of the fair last year uh, with the gallery that I'm in collaboration with, Gallery Eigen and Art. And I had created um, a really big like sculptural cabinet artwork which in itself the cabinet was a world because within the world like within the cabinet was a world filled with characters and objects and I guess like that was a bit of a sneak peek into how my practice can contain worlds and how it also falls within a space like the Investec Fair, like they have really cool, like cutting edge selection on work. And I guess it's, it works within that. So I'm hoping and assuming that that is what um, piqued their interest. And yeah, now I just have a, a bit of a bigger platform to show even more this year, next year. And I'm super excited to like be seen as somebody who can present something yeah. like that. Because also I saw the section this year and I really loved how each booth was like a little world in its own. And I thought that was really cool. And I, and I saw myself in that when I first saw it. So I feel like it's such a cool thing that I get to now be a part of it and show how I can present the world in this context. Share your experience being a participant at this year's fair in 2023. What was that like? And how did you feel seeing people interact with your presentation? What was the environment in the fair like? What were your takeaways? Mm. I'm asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like fairs because they are such a cool look into like what artists are doing all the time. Like what is happening in people's studios all year comes is like a summary point of how much work has been happening individually as artists. So much work. I'm always supercharged with inspiration. Like this year I left so inspired and so like kind of energized about my contemporaries and just like what the artistic landscape is for us and just how well curated it is and the selection is just so top tier. I, I it feels like I, I mean sometimes I'm just like, 
I feel naughty for seeing or having access to so much like art and seeing so many levels of <laughs> great work. <laughs> like it's insane. So it's definitely like deeply inspirational. And I left like feeling super inspired and it's so much work. So like a lot of different levels of that inspiration and of understanding like the levels of fabrication that artists go through, the level of effort and how other artists obviously are also like tapping so deeply into themselves and sharing so much of themselves with us. Um, So yeah, like I left with like a huge sense of inspiration and energy to kind of push back into my practice. And people were also like, people were super, super, super cute in their reception to my work. It's kind of like, I'm still a baby artist. So like, I have not been around for many years in the art space. And so I met like a lot of my faves, people who I look up to, like telling me that this work was cool. And like artists that I've always like looked up to just like starting dialogue with me and just being like, oh, this is so cool, blah, blah, blah. And that was just like super shocking to me because I'm like, I know that I'm in the space and making work, but also just, yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing to be understood or received by people you are inspired by and to find yourself in that context of people who you are inspired by, like both the galleries and the artists are very inspiring. So um, the reception was really good. And yeah, I left with like a lot of hope and inspiration and energy for my own practice. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing about the Vesta Cape Town Art Fair, that it has such a platform for young artists who for the very first time have access to such a platform because normally it will take years to be discovered in such a way and to also have that audience. But I guess this is the highlight of what they're trying to achieve with Tomorrow's Today, you know, featuring up and coming talents from the continent, you know, and beyond. Hmm. I think so too. Put such a beautiful selection and range together. Um, which is why I said, like, I, I, it even feels naughty almost to have access to it, like, so, so openly to have, like, the range of so many mediums, so many practices, to have access to the artists on some level and to have access yeah. to the gallery on some level. When you see what brings our art um, economy to life and it's just all in one space, it's it's really it's really interesting because you learn so much like beyond just like seeing the art you learn about the system just by being you know in that space and that is like super helpful for a young artist it's like getting a bunch of cheat codes in one weekend um on many levels you know and many many like important conversations happen in that space Many beautiful observations happen in that space. It's just charged with a lot, you know? And so I really appreciate moments and spaces like that because, yeah, like like you said, it takes years kind of to accumulate all that information, all that access. But basically in a weekend, you can get a lot. So, yeah, I really appreciate the fair's existence in that way. What was your takeaway 
as an artist participating in this year's fair in 2023? And how is that going to help what you're going to exhibit for 2024? So my biggest takeaway is that there's it's it's quite limitless what you can do at Investec. I really like that because I felt like it's one of the fairs that have so much range in what you can present and what forms you can present in. Um, so that was one takeaway to just see like the potential of what it means to present there and that you can kind of like push the boundary a bit. Like my first contribution was a bit of a boundary pushing like artwork for me at least it was like it's like a two meter cabinet it's like huge heavy delicate like so many different elements um and it just it worked like perfectly well in that space which I was so nervous about before because I thought that an artwork like that would be quite hard to present at a fair because fairs have very specific structures, as I said. Like I said, like this fair yeah. is quite open-minded and like yes. there's just a lot of potential on what can be presented. So my takeaway was that it's limitless and I have a lot of space both in my practice and both in the art world to create and continue in the part that I'm creating. And I guess it also affirmed that I do have a space and a place in this art world, like in our space, like in South African market at least, um, but also beyond because my gallery is based in Germany. And I just think it's also really cool that they have these crossovers between South African and international galleries. Um, and what else? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that like as an artist who feels like a baby, I have a space in this place. and. That is like super affirming and it's energizing, as I said, and it just gives me a lot of like fire under my bum to create uh, magical things, no matter the context. Um, and just know that it will be housed with grace and space. Yeah. 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 I think you've done incredibly well with what you've been able to achieve Thank in you. this short time. I feel like sometimes it's incredibly difficult to find your voice and it's also incredibly mm. difficult to also share it because there's a lot of vulnerability involved in that and that's I feel like that's what makes it interesting that's what makes it fun but at the same time it also comes with a dose of fear because like you're always worried about like how it's perceived and how it's received but you go ahead and still choose mm. to share it anyway Thank and you. that's a beautiful thing. I appreciate that. It is definitely a process. And I, I almost don't think about yeah. it when it's time to share because I'm not allowed to because I've really promised people that I'll do it. <laughs> that helps me not think about it. But yeah, like a lot of the time I dissociate yeah. from like what it means to share such things on that level. And it doesn't feel like bravery. It just feels like almost authenticity and honesty with myself and my practice. And for a lot of the process, it's quite shielded only until it's finally time to share. But when it's time to share, it's time to share. And then I also kind of step back a little bit and I don't think about the fact that I'm sharing myself unless people like really highlight it. But it's also quite obvious because I am in the work oftentimes. So, yeah, it's a cool thing. Um, it's definitely vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. 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 
And earlier on in our conversation, you also spoke about self-discovery. I want us to talk about that and also highlight what that process also looked like for you. Um, in my work? In relation in to the creating the work? Now or in what way? What did your self-discovery process look like? Mm, yeah, I think my self-discovery process, like I said, it's it's it was very much like prompted by finding the alternative and then finding space to play. So a lot of my self-discovery was linked to just playing and just like calming down and just breaking those boundaries at first and just like discovering, just finding what exists within myself. But now it's also changed a lot from when it started. So self-discovery itself has become a different path. And in the beginning, it was just trying to see who I am, like just on face value, like who am I? What do I look like? What can my body do? What can I embody? Where can I embody? And how can I play? How can I bring story? So that was just like a true, very like flat level of discovery, like understanding myself. And I think now I understand myself and now I'm more concerned with what I'm sharing and where and how. And so it's like a lot deeper than it was in the beginning, even though it still is very much like linked through play and imagination. I feel like what's bubbling now is just like yeah. a crazy discovery of like what my purpose is and what I'm actually sharing and what I've been sharing without knowing I'm sharing. Now it's like more about what is the message and how do I share the message and how do I make it clear versus just like just knowing who I am and showing the world that I think before it was just like, this is what I have within me. But now it's like honing that skill of what is within you and using it for a purpose and a reason and hoping that at the end of that, something is learned, not just seen because before the discovery was to kind of show and to see. And now I think it's more to hear and to feel. So the discovery in itself is just like growing and it's a different side of self-discovery. So I'm kind of like in a new season, I guess, of that. And it's just getting a lot deeper and a lot more like grounded. And yeah, like there's a lot more purpose from, I mean, there was always purpose, but the reasons and the outputs are changing a lot. Um, because there's now something really bubbling. Yeah. Yeah. And then you speak about um, the message you're trying to share. What is uh, that message? It's not a message that I can put into words, which is like the thing. I've realized that my work doesn't have, even though it's visual and audio visual, it never, it's never didactic enough to say this is what the message is. Um, it's what I think it is right now is tapping into a certain collective feeling, um, that we all experience and bringing that feeling out through one body, which is me and trying to allow people to access that feeling within themselves through looking at an example of that. But I think, yeah, like, I think the message is all 
stored in our collective consciousness. And I'm like trying to articulate it through certain images, certain movements. Yeah. Like I'm trying to bring what I feel is within everyone out into objects and out into imagery and videos and sounds yeah. um, into spaces. So I just feel like I'm like digging out things that already existed and using my own like body and infrastructure to, to reshare it. Cause I don't think that I'm sharing anything yeah. new or yeah. anything like it's not a self, it's not a discovery that's never been in the world. I think I'm just tapping in and trying to bring certain things to the surface that are very linked to feeling and oneness. And I guess like just, um, yeah, it's a feeling. It's a realm, actually. I'm trying to bring a certain realm to life. And yeah, yeah like it's so hard to say mm-hmm. in words. So that's why it's always each video is a puzzle piece, actually. Each video is like a brick to this wall. And yeah. that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to build a wall through <laughs> each contribution I make, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you also do has a lot to do with like giving people reminders to say, this is really, you have a a reminder about something you you, you forgot about. This also is a possibility. This also exists. And that is why people can resonate with what you do so much because Mm -hmm. truly sometimes we can forget being busy with life. You know, Mm. we can forget being busy with life so much that it feels not important to, Think about alternative spaces where you can just mm. breathe and just relax and just play. So beautiful. What do you think about that? I think that's so beautiful. And thank you for seeing me, you know, in that. Because I do think so. I even, like, sometimes when I revisit old work, I'm so shocked that it came out of me. Because I'm like, that is not me. Or, like, I did not make that. Or, you know, where is that from? Yeah. Like, where does that yeah. come from? So even I forget, you know, and even my work does the same thing for me sometimes too, when I can revisit it and just feel like, wow, like what, a, like, where was she? Like, where did, where did I source that from and how did that come together? So, yeah, I think it is about remembering and highlighting that it's there. Like what it's a, it's also like a reality shift that we can dip into many realities that we want to and that we have that power and that autonomy to choose and to choose who we want to be and to choose how we want to be and to choose where we invest our hearts and our brains and our where we where our hands take us kind of like what what my hands can make is can just be led by something really deep inside me and then I can share that and then just remind people that when we were kids, we were making it just because it felt like you wanted to make that thing. Just like really deep inside you, you had this like prompt to make it. And yeah. now you go through all these systems, school and work and life, like just life as a system on its own makes us feel like we have to version the same thing so often. And so it's just like that, that reminder that you can do things for yourself, through yourself, And for a long time, I used to feel like 
because I like my work is so centered around me. I used to feel a bit like uncomfortable that like I'm highlighting myself so much, but I think if we didn't have an ex- a physical example of someone tapping into their own desires, then other people would be a bit scared to tap into their own desires and share like what their ultimate being wants to focus on. And my being wants to focus on feeling safe within myself as well as the world. And I can yeah. only feel safe in this world if I am myself. And so it's a lot of this like push for like, it's okay to like dive into like the authenticity of yourself. And it's okay to show people how deep and how much effort you'll, you'll go into to show that to others. So yeah, that's a really beautiful way to see it. Thank yeah. you for seeing like me and the work in that way. Because I think definitely, I think it's definitely a lot about remembering. And yeah, yeah, and a reminder to everyone, even me. So thank you for reminding me because, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So Natalie, we're almost wrapping up our conversation. Do you have anything else you want to tie in? I think we like we closed it. I mean, not closed it, but I think we like left it on such a beautiful, reflective moment. Like what your what you saw reflected back onto me, um, and I think that is like for me at least, it feels like reflection, and I feel like that's the highest level of closing and understanding of like my practice um, that I can share. Um, And that I can kind of like wrap up why this kind of work is necessary. Um, But that's just like the heart of the work. But the work also has physical manifestation, which is just like the object, which I just hope to make like beautiful objects that people see themselves in or feel something. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, just making art to evoke like true feeling, but also that true feeling can like always be visited through certain objects or certain experiences, um, little capsules, little moments. Yeah. 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 Uh, And on that note, I'm also very grateful for the opportunity to connect with you. And I also encourage you to keep going, to keep creating. You can definitely connect with more people of similar minds. And I feel like, your work plays such an important role in the world because we all need to share like our utmost self with the world so that more people can also make that same decision to say that this is my place in the world and this is how I choose to show up so that you don't forget that's the, that's the whole purpose of life to show up as your most authentic Mm. self. Sometimes that's very easy to forget. It's very easy to forget. We all need a reminder and we all just need to dig into knowing why we're here. You know, I think sometimes I just want to know, like, I think I'm just like, I just want my time on this earth to have like, kind of like the Egyptians or whatever, where it's like, there's so many relics and there's so many objects that speak to that time. (laughs) And there's so many 
theories yeah. and stories um, that still live in our time, but that reflect reminders in the same way and that, that reflect ways of life and purpose. And so I think like each artist is basically carving that. It's like we're collectively like carving, you know, a pyramid and like placing a bunch of relics in it. I mean, I would even see like Investec as this, like if the world was like covered with soil and someone had to like, uncover a specific timeline of the fair there would just be so many works and so many contributions from so many artists that come from very deep places in their hearts and now those objects are spread across the world um and they are all rooted in a message rooted in something and they come from somebody's heart hands and brain and so yeah like we're all doing this work and you're doing this work by kind of unearthing that in artists. So I think like, yeah, like I said earlier, also collectively we are like together finding our purpose to do finding our own purpose. And it's the work we need to do for each other. And yeah, I feel grateful to be an artist and have the opportunity to use my time in this way and to be seen by people want to understand it and want to hold it and connect to it. So it's a really beautiful blessing. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, this, this has been very meaningful for me. Same to me. And it's a pleasure to connect. Looking forward to seeing your work in 2024. Yay, me too. Thank you so much, Jude. I hope you have <laughs> a good time. Also, like just unearthing these beautiful stories and artists. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Ooh. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for your patience. Bye-bye. <laughs> pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of this captivating exploration through the Investor Cape Town Art Fair curated series. We trust that you found inspiration and insight in the diverse world of artistic expression showcased in this episode. Looking ahead, the 2024 edition of the Investor Cape Town Art Fair would unfold under the theme Unbound. Save the dates as we eagerly anticipate the 11th edition of this remarkable event from February 16th to 18th, 2024. Stay tuned for more engaging episodes on Jude's List.